0: All right, well, it is great to see everyone tonight. Let's get set up here. Our uh, children's choir and preschool choir will be practicing as soon as we're done, and so I have been instructed to go as quickly as possible tonight. And uh, I'm sure that doesn't hurt your feelings at all. I realize that, but we will Move as quickly as we can. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 20. Go ahead and find John chapter 20. I want to talk tonight about doubts. Doubts will come. I believe that every one of us, we have had times in our life, we will have times in our life where we have doubts, we have questions. Uh, What long ago, when there was the Archbishop of the Anglican Church, and he made news because someone asked him, they said, do you ever have doubts? you ever have that in your life? And he responded, and he said, well, just the other day, I was out on a jog. I was running down the road, and uh, I was praying, praying about something serious to me, something i have been praying about a long time. And he said, I was was jogging, and I, I had to stop, and I just, I looked up to the heavens, and I said, God, if you're there, this would be a good time for you to do something, We've all felt like that, haven't we? We've all had those times where we feel like, God, do you hear me? God, can you hear what I'm asking you? God, do you see what I'm going through? God, do you know what I need right now? God, if if you can hear me, if you're all powerful, God, why don't you intervene? Why don't you do something? Why does it seem like my prayers are not getting past the ceiling? Doubts occur any time that our faith is shaken. Hebrews 11:1 says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The opposite of doubt is faith. A strong faith. Hebrews 11:6 says without faith it is impossible to please God. We must have faith. But faith and doubt they go they go hand in hand. Remember when when the disciples were on the boat And they looked out, and they see a a figure in the distance, and they think it's a ghost, and they begin to cry out, and then they see it's Jesus. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come, Peter. And Peter got up, and he got out of the boat, and he began to walk on the water. Had to be cool, right? Walking on the water. All of a sudden, the Bible says he gets distracted. He begins to pay attention to the, the wind and the waves. They're crashing all around him. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. He looks at the circumstances, and he begins to fall. And the Bible says immediately Jesus comes to him. He grabs him, picks him up, and he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's look. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. It says, Now Thomas... One of the 12 called the twin, there we are, Brother Charles, the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and the mark of the nails and I place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, then I would never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them, and he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord, my guide. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas is a doubter. He is the doubter. His name comes conjoined with that unshakable nickname, Doubting Thomas. When you speak of Thomas, you always put doubting before it because that is what he is known as. He is known as the one who doubts. But understand, the Bible never describes Thomas in this way. The Bible never calls him Doubting Thomas. It describes one moment of doubt. His identity, despite our perception and description of him, is not rooted in that one moment. There is much that is praiseworthy of Thomas. Let me show that to you. Go back a few chapters to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, let me just show you this, and then we're going to study the passage that we just read. John chapter 11, and look at verse 6. John chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible says, so when he heard, talking about Jesus, he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going to go there again? He said, wait a minute, we just left that place and they're trying to kill you. Don't you remember, Jesus, we had to leave because they're after us. They want to kill us, so we ran as quickly as we could. And Jesus says, we must go back to Lazarus. But all of a sudden, look at verse 16. This is the the main other time we see Thomas. Verse 16, so Thomas, again called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. The other disciples say, wait a minute, we can't go back. It's going to be bad for us if we go back. But Thomas speaks up and he says, let us go with Jesus. If we die, we die. Now, that's not a description of someone who is a chronic doubter. This is not a description of someone who is half-hearted. It's not a description of someone who is half-committed. Thomas was dedicated, he was surrendered, and he was committed. But yet he had a moment of doubt. I kind of like it because it reflects our own stubborn, fragile faith. Through Thomas, we can see that there's times in our life where maybe we struggle. Thomas's doubt was brief, but it was genuine and it was real. And he said, unless I see him, unless I touch him, unless I put my fingers into his hands and put my hand into his side, then I'm surely not going to believe. And so I want to look just tonight as quickly as we can at a few steps to how we can overcome doubt a few steps of how we can respond when we have doubts. The first thing I see is that we must stay connected. Number one, we must stay connected. When times of testing come, we have a choice to make. Either we will stay, we will stay connected, we will stay the course, or through the trials, we will drift away. I remember not long ago, some of you have seen this if you're, we're friends with me on Facebook. We've got a cousin in our family, and she is the opposite of everything that I believe. Um, she is an atheist. Politically, she is the opposite. Everything that I am, she's the opposite of, and so that leads to good discussions. And so we would have all sorts of uh, long debates on Facebook, debates about politics and religion. And I remember one time I asked her, I said, what, what made you so cold-hearted against God? What made your heart so cold to where you just hate all the things of God? And she said, several years ago, she was pregnant. And she was so excited. She was pregnant. And you can imagine the the joy that comes with that. And uh, she was uh, getting further and further along in her pregnancy. And the the joy was growing and growing. And she had a miscarriage, a terrible miscarriage. And she she went on and she said, you know, it it was in that point that I had this tragedy in my life. And I just, I couldn't see God the same after that. I had this tragedy that I went through. And in my mind, I was thinking, if there is a God, and if God is good, why did he let this happen to my baby? So I, I just can't move on from that. And so for the, that moment on, her life has been built against God. Anytime you put something, a scripture or something about faith or something about God, she has to come in and try to squash it. She had a choice to make. There was a tragedy in her life, and I'm not belittling that. We all have difficulties that come in our life, but it's in the midst of those tragedies. When our faith is tested, in the midst of that, we decide either I'm going to persevere, which is a mark of a believer. A mark of a believer is that we keep going. I'm either going to stay connected, I'm going to persevere, I'm going to keep going, or I'm going to fall back. Now, you think in your life, I'm sure you can think of many people who had a so-called relationship with Christ, but something difficult happened and they threw in the towel. I'm not going back to church. I'm not praying. I'm not doing anything spiritually because I cannot believe this happened in my life. Look at verse 24 again. It says, he was not with them when Jesus came. Can you imagine that? Here's a guy that left his entire life to follow Jesus. He left his job. He left his friends. He left his family. He left his comfort. He left his hobbies. He left everything that he had in life. And he began to follow Jesus day after day after day after day. But now in the meeting that we just read about, Thomas was not to be found. Thomas was not there. Earlier, he had seen Jesus crucified. If ever there was a time to be down, it was this time. If ever there was a time to be depressed, it is right now. As Thomas, what am I to do? Where am I to go? What does life hold for me now? And so the disciples all meet together, but the Bible tells us that Thomas stayed away. Now, we don't know why. We can speculate. Maybe he was just down. You ever get down and you're just kind of depressed? And when you're depressed, you don't want to be around anyone else? Maybe he just wanted to be alone. He didn't want to be around the other disciples. He didn't want to listen to their stories on that day. Maybe, maybe he didn't want to be the target Jesus was killed. Jesus was crucified. They might come after them next. And so when he hears they're meeting up, he wants to stay as far away as possible. He doesn't want to be a larger target. Maybe he's just busy. He's got to build a life from scratch. He's got to start all over. He's got to find an occupation. He's got to find something to do in life. So maybe he's trying to distance himself from all that Christ was. We don't know what's happening, but we know on this day... Thomas is not there. Jesus came to reveal himself to the disciples, and Thomas was missing. And because of that, he missed out on an incredible blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever had a time in your life, and you just wish you would have been there? Maybe it's a church service, and you, you hear the, the, the testimonies of, man, it was a great service. You miss it. You said, oh, I wish I could have been there for that. Maybe it's not even something spiritual. Maybe it's a baseball game or a football game, and you hear it was an incredible game, and you say, ah, I could have been there, but I missed it. I I, I just wasn't there. That's what Thomas is doing. He should have been there. He should have been a part of it, but for some unknown reason, he wasn't there. He wasn't where he should have been. You want to know how we can grow in our walk with the Lord? Sometimes we make it so difficult and so complex. It's really pretty simple. Just be where you're supposed to be. The Bible says draw near to God and what's going to happen? He'll draw near to us, right? You draw near to God, he's going to draw near to you. And so many times what we do is we go through life and we spend four hours a day on Facebook and then we lay down at night and we say, I wonder why God didn't show up in my life today. I don't know about you, but I hadn't seen a lot of God showing up on my Facebook. Maybe we spend so much time in front of the television, and that's all we do when we're at home. We just watch TV for hours straight, and then we lay down and we think, boy, God didn't speak to me one time today. Do what you're supposed to do. Be where you're supposed to be. You want to grow in the things of God? Spend some time in his word. It's a crazy statement for for people to say, boy, I feel like God doesn't speak to me. And then I ask, I say, how much time are you spending in his word well, I hadn't been doing that for the last few weeks or a few months. Here's your sign right here. Read the word. God's trying to speak to you. God's trying to communicate to you. How much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you spending in his house? And I realized this is the Sunday night crowd. Thank you for being here. How much time are you spending around the people of God, doing the things of God? Thomas's problem on this day is that he was not gathered with the people he should have been gathered with. So, number one, stay connected. Number two, we must be real about our doubts. We must be real about our doubts. It says this, it says, So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. The disciples come and and they're excited. And and they probably come up and they say, Thomas, man, you missed it. Thomas, I can't believe you didn't didn't show up. You missed it. We saw Jesus. He came through the wall. It was incredible. I can't believe that you didn't see it. Thomas is skeptical. He says, wait a minute. I'm not going to believe that until I have proof. The other disciples got proof. They saw the proof, it says in John 20, 20, that he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad that they saw the Lord. He wants the same thing. The Bible says he wanted to, uh, the Greek word is the word balo, it means shove. He says, I'm not going to believe unless I shove my finger into his hand. In other words, he wants to put his finger in the hole. I'm not going to believe unless I shove my hand into his side. It's non-negotiable. He says, I will not believe. Think about who he's listening to. I mean, he's got guys like Peter and James and John. These are not the most dependable guys. He's seen it. He's seen it firsthand. Peter just always talks and then he just backs up and he goes forward and he he backs up. He, he's just unstable. And then James and John, they have anger issues. They wanted to call down fire on this little Samaritan village. They've got problems. Uh, Am I supposed to believe what what these guys are saying? He says, wait a minute. I'm not going to believe this unless I see it. I've got to see it firsthand. I've got to touch it. I love the honesty because that's missing in church a lot of time, isn't it? We come into church and we, we pretend that our faith is rock solid. We don't ever admit that we have a problem. We are, we're pious. We're holy. We're righteous. And so we come in and we take our spot and we sing our song and we read our Bible. We go home and we don't ever talk about any problems that we have. We don't ever talk about any time that our faith is shaken. We don't talk about any time that our, our doubts are coming up inside of us. We don't talk about those things. I love the honesty to where he comes in. He says, man, I, I just don't believe you. I, I don't believe that. I'm struggling right now. I, I don't really know what to believe. Jesus was crucified. I saw it. I, I saw it. they placed him in the tomb. I, I, it breaks my heart. I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that he's alive again. And so he's being real, he's being genuine, he's being honest. And God can take that. When we come in and we act like we don't have any problems, we don't have any issues, everything is perfect, everything is fine, we're not going to grow. Any 12-step program, the first step is admit you've got a problem, right? Admit it. We all have issues, we all have things that we go through, and we've got to be honest with it. It's through the trials that God can, God can grow us. A faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. Weak faith equals weak Christians, and weak Christians are worthless for the kingdom of God. You want an example of that? The latest study that I saw showed that 80% of high school students who were brought up in the church upon graduating high school, they leave the church. That, that ought to break our hearts. We put a lot into these students. We want to see them grow and advance the kingdom of God. But there's something missing, something that we come in and we pretend that everything's just fine and hunky-dory. I don't know if that's a word. That's what I'd know. Hunky-dory all the time. Everything's good all the time. Maybe there's times that there's struggles, that there's there's difficulties in life. Job 23.10, it says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I will come out as gold. James says to count it all joy when you face trials because it develops your character. First Peter talks about how it is through trials that we're strengthened. It's like gold that is heated and the impurities float to the top and it's scraped off and we become more like Christ through trials. Anybody, has that happened in your life? Anybody had trials and through the trials you've become more like Christ? And maybe at the moment you didn't see it, but looking back you can see that God was at work in the midst of your trials. Number three, look for the solution. Verse 26. It says, eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. I like that. Thomas was not going to miss it again. Thomas said, you're meeting up together? I'm coming. You're going to meet up? I'm going. It was probably, we see, eight days later. For those eight days, I'm just thinking, Thomas followed those disciples everywhere they went. We're going to be a group, I'm going to be in this group. You're going to the bathroom, I'm going to wait outside. I'm just going to stay right here till you come back. We're going to spend time together because I missed it the first time and I am not going to miss it again. Thomas is a true skeptic. See, today we use the word skeptic and we say I'm just lazy. I just don't know. And so we just sit back. Thomas was not like that. Thomas was a hunter, he was a detective. He wanted to find the answer. He wasn't just going to sit back and relax and see what happened. If Jesus shows up again, he's going to be there. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And many Christians, that's what we do. We say, Boy, I'd like to grow spiritually. We don't change anything. I'd like to be more like Christ, but we keep doing the same things we've always done. If you want to grow, there's things that need to change in your life. And so Thomas said, I missed it the first time. I will not miss it if there is a second time. And so for that next eight days, he was following the disciples. He was with them, and he was waiting, hoping that Jesus would show up. And the next thing I want you to see and notice is that Jesus can handle it. In verse 26, although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do you notice what Jesus did not say? We've got to skip by a lot. It's pretty incredible. He just comes through the, the walls here, comes through the door. He didn't open the door. He came through the door. But he comes and he gets the attention of Thomas. And he does not say, Thomas, you are an idiot. Thomas, I told you what was going to happen. Thomas, I told you I was going to die, but I would come back, and you didn't believe. Thomas, why did you not believe? That's not what Jesus did. He didn't come in. He didn't say, Thomas, who do you think you are, buster? What gives you the right? Thomas made a demand, and Jesus comes through, and he answers the demand. He says, Thomas, here's what you want. You want to put your finger in the hole in my hand? Come do it. Thomas, you want to put your hand in my side? Come on up and do it. Just, there's so much honesty in that. Jesus can handle your doubts, He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're struggling with. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to to go through it and and just pretend that everything is fine all the time. It may be that right now you're going through something tough. Maybe you're going through a a marriage problem. Maybe you've got a financial problem. Maybe it's a problem with your kids. Maybe it's a job problem. It, It could be anything. You're going through something that is just shaking you to the core, but for some reason, you feel like, like you've just got to keep pushing on. You've got to keep on just putting the, the fake smile on, just pretending like there's no problems and there's no issues. And maybe you think that if you, if you are honest with God, that he's going to be offended by it. God's bigger than that. You can be honest. I'm honest. We see in, in the scriptures where there's honesty. Even Jesus, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There, there's honesty with it. There's got to be honesty in our life as we approach the Lord because only then will he show himself to us and will he pull us through those times of difficulty and those times of doubt. Because look what happens next. Thomas answered verse 28 and he said, My Lord, my guide. That's it. That's what we want right there, my Lord and my God. That was the the terminology that was used for the Roman emperors. It it was the the highest saying. And he said, these guys are not my Lord Jesus. You are my Lord. You are my God. And in that moment, I believe all the doubts were cast to the side. All the doubts were done away with. And in that moment, his faith was made strong. And I believe from this moment on, there was nothing that would shake the faith of Thomas. History tells us that Thomas went to India around 52 AD and he was sharing the message and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He went into this pagan region and the people did not like what he was saying, but he wouldn't quit. And so they took a spear and they ran it inside his gut and they left him to die. And that is how he died as a strong messenger for the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that sound like a doubter to you? Sounds to me like someone who is strong in their faith. I believe the way that he was strong was because he was honest. He's honest about what he was going through. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they believe. It calls for faith. In the midst of it, it calls for us to have faith. I realize that, you and I, we probably won't see Jesus like that. We probably won't see Jesus come through these doors tonight. But it takes faith. It takes to where we look into it. We study the scriptures. L- let me just look at this with you. We'll close like this, okay? Okay. Let's say you're going through an issue. How do you put this into practice? One of the deals in our life, we've shared this before, was when we couldn't have children. We, we, got, we got pretty down on that. We had questions of God. God, why? why? Why won't you bless? We're trying to do everything right. God, you're not blessing us. We want children so badly. How, how, how would you walk through that in that situation? Well, well, here's the steps. Stay connected. Well, despite what we're going through, we don't, abandon God. We don't abandon the church. We choose to stay connected with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Number two, be real. During that time, we don't have to hide what's going on. We don't have to pretend like everything makes sense. We don't have to pretend like life is just all coming in the way that we want it to. We can be real about our emotions because God already knows what's happening. Scrutinize the situation. Study the scriptures during this time in our life We would read scriptures. We would look in his word. God, show us something. God, reveal something to us. Is there something that we need to know? And so we begin to scrutinize and to look and to seek God. We look for God to solidify us. God, solidify our concerns. Realizing it doesn't mean that everything's going to work out perfectly. But God, we trust you in the midst of it and we're seeking after you. And then I, I just think it's made real. Because God is able to work through a situation like that. Your faith is strengthened by the fact that you rely upon God. Our our outcome turned out great looking back now. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't for whatever you're looking through. But despite all of it, in the midst of difficulties, you rely upon God. You realize that your faith is not just for the easy times. But your faith can stand the test of trials you learn to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. You trust God even when it's not easy. You trust God even when you have questions. And your faith is stronger despite the difficulties. I want to ask you to close your eyes and as we, as we close this evening. I want you to take just a, a minute. Look inside your heart. Is there anything you're struggling with right now? Are there any doubts that you have that maybe you've never told anyone about? Maybe you haven't even been honest with God about? But there's a doubt. There's a question. God, why is life so tough right now? God, why do I have this problem with my family, with my finances, with my marriage? Lord, I've got struggles, I've got issues. And I want you to think about the steps we looked at tonight. The steps that can take us from a weak doubt to a a strong, immovable faith that has been tested. The steps that we commit right now, God, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Lord, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to stay connected, not only in the good times, but I'm going to stay connected when it's tough. God, I'm going to search for you. Your word says if we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. So, God, even in the the times that it doesn't make sense, God, I'm going to seek you like never before in my life. Because, God, I want to see what you're going to do in this situation. Lord, I want my faith to be strengthened. I want to rely upon you. I want to trust you. I want to be stronger. And I want to live out the, the prayer, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And so, Lord, even if this situation doesn't turn out the way that I want it to, God, I'm committed. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Lord, thank you for the, the honesty and Thomas, Guide. Lord, there are struggles in life. There's times that our faith is shaken But, Lord, I pray when that happens to us, we'll remain faithful. God, that you'll bring us through it, that we can look back on the other side and we can see that, God, you strengthened us and you developed our character in these times. Lord, we love you. You're so good. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.